Welcome to Worth Reading Wednesdays here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library System. This is a podcast hosted by CLPLS librarians about books we're reading and recommending and anything else that has caught our attention. My name is Tori. I'm the children's and teen librarian at the Columbus Lounge Public Library. And as always, I have with me... My name is Nicole. I'm the Acquisitions and Cataloging Coordinator. And we are doing some Christmas picks today. We're not really doing our normal... We can still do a non-book recommendation if you want. Well, I chose one, but I'm not going to tell you until we get to that part. Okay, okay, okay. I'll have to think real quick as I'm talking what my non-book recommendation... We are a hot mess express. We're prepping for Christmas, getting our trees decorated, and it is crazy it at is. the library, it but it's is. gorgeous. It is. It feels so good to just see all the lights up. I love Christmas time simply because of the lights and the decorations. You know, I don't really care all that much about the presents because most of the stuff that's gotten, mm-hmm. I could get throughout the year. So what really just fuels my spirit during this time of the year is just all the lights and decorations and the different things that people come up with yeah it's a cozy time of year and I know some people don't enjoy the holidays because of maybe their family Mm -hmm. situations or something but I just I still feel like December is the one month where I don't like you have to be nice right (laughs) even if like Tabitha Brown says if you can't have a good day don't messing up nobody else exactly and And I follow I love love Auntie Tab too. Did you see the Jerome's furniture? I did. (laughs) She was laughing. She She handled that so gracefully. She did, but do you know that all of her fans clapped back on Jerome? Yes, I went to the (laughs) I went to the Instagram and I was like, let me see what they said because I was like, you know, if Auntie Tab posted something that social media account for Jerome Furniture is blowing up, like it has to be four point so. What million followers on TikTok? There ain't no way they didn't go over there and say something. And I looked at all the Jerome's furniture posts and like back, they were going back months into their posts, commenting and saying, y'all better give Auntie Tab her refund. (laughs) She's deceased. Uh, And she came on and and so what I ended up seeing was the video that she posted saying, y'all done cut up on them. (laughs) She was like, please stop. I appreciate your protection. I love y'all. I love y'all. But you know, and I love how she brings it back to, you know, we, we try to do everything in kindness. And I'm glad yeah. that she brought that back to that. But she didn't, she knew they was going to say something. But I knew at the time she was just frustrated. Yeah. And she was just saying, you know, I feel sometimes when I'm able to tell a story, that's what makes me feel Definitely, better. And yeah. she wasn't ugly in, in what at she all. was saying. It was all truth and facts. But she's just like, you know, hey, we was expecting this bed a week ago. It's been two months. And I feel like some people... You know, you see a lot of, especially with younger influencers, Mm -hmm. you see them misusing their platform. Yes. And then Mm -hmm. there's the conversation of, well, they're still a child. How do you expect them to handle this responsibility? And then there's that other conversation of, if you have this many followers, you have so much influence and people get very mad at celebrities who are not politicians sharing their opinions. And I just, so all of that was running through my head as Mm -hmm. I saw this video and I was like, I wonder what Tab's doing because, like, she is a Christian. She yeah. very much 
is a very good role model on right. social media. And so I was like, am I about to be disappointed? I'm going to be so sad if she's using her platform to like, mm-hmm. and she wasn't, she, she was just saying, look, I have no other way to contact you people because you can't like customer service was not answering her phone calls. Right. She could not get in touch with anybody. Right. So she was like, look, I got 4.5 million people <laughs> on here. Y'all my family. Right. And I'm just trying to tell a story right now. And I want my bed. <laughs> like they gave her two beds and then right. no kit to put the beds together. Right. I was like, oh, poor. Yeah, poor thing. But, you know, just a quick, quick side note on that. That's why in schools, that's the kind of stuff they need to teach. Yeah. If they get rid of this, we got to teach to this test and really bring it to, let's teach the kids what's going to help them in everyday life, like teaching them about character, how to present themselves online, and how that that trail, that web trail is long and it does not forgive or forget. Well, and... Another thing, I wish they would teach cybersecurity. I think that'd be very yeah. interesting. My father's a director in an in IT for a hospital mm-hmm. company, and we had a conversation at the Red Lobster like a couple of weeks back, and he was like, "Oh, you think it that because a company or I said something about how if you keep your profile private, it protects mm-hmm. you," and he's like. Oh, you think that protects you? That was cute. And I was like, oh, no, what? Right. <laughs> and my millennial self thought I knew some things. And right. my Gen X dad was like, sweetheart. Oh, wow. If your profile is private, they can bust through that real quick. Oh, and yeah. if you commit a crime on a computer, throw the whole thing away. <laughs> Just throw it all away. That's the only way you ain't going to get wow. caught. They can trace it. If you use a printer, they can trace the printer. They can trace oh. everything. Your record of activity online is never truly gone. If you have yeah. enough information professionals to hack through it. Right. And I was like, so you mean to tell me? I just got to like. <laughs> burn my computer he's like pretty much like just throw it away throw like throw it all away wow so you know wow that was a long side note yeah sorry we hope y'all didn't (laughs) we seriously hope y'all didn't fall off i know you're like christmas you said this was christmas christmas december we got to be nicer on that note so I started reading The Christmas Source by Tom Fletcher. And I remember when I bought that, and I bought it, no lie, strictly because of the cover art. Let me tell this you This little what. source thing is so cute. So, the cover art and cover design was by Shane DeVries and Christine Kettner. Uh-huh. The illustrations are so cute. There's illustrations in there. <gasps> so cute. So, you're following The Christmas Source. Okay. And a little boy named William Trundle. And William had gotten in an accident and he gained a wheelchair and lost his mom. And he wants a a dinosaur for Christmas. And he's having trouble because there is this evil little girl. And even if she's evil, it's still like the the illustrations are like, (laughs) oh my goodness. Look at her little evil. Ah! (laughs) She's so cute. And her eyebrows. Cute cute and evil. Right. (laughs) The eyebrows. This is the goofiest thing in the world. I'm reading segments out loud to Chelsea, the adult librarian, Mm -hmm. in our office because I can't stop giggling. (laughs) And... This I am going to pur- this is a book I will purchase to uh, either read aloud to my nieces mm-hmm. or I mean I might get two copies one for them and one just to have it home for me because it is the goofiest and Nicole look <laughs> at all these tabs in this book I see um, all those tabs I'm gonna need y'all to either check this out from the library go get your own copy read it 
do something because this is just too much. <laughs> so the whole premise, he starts out by talking about how William wants a dinosaur for mm-hmm. Christmas. And then you transition into how Santa gives children their presents. Okay. And in this world, elves don't make the toys. Mm. And his, William's father is telling him, silly William, like, elves don't make anything. They are actually harvesters and farmers. And they mm. dig through the ice in the North Pole to get the presents out of the ice. Because Santa actually reads all the letters he receives from little children to a Christmas tree. And the Christmas tree sprouts seeds. And then the seeds are planted in the ice. And hey. then, the, then the ice or the seeds grow in the ice into the present that the child wants. Right. And as they're digging through the ice one day, they find an egg. <gasps> and, of course, by the title, you know it's the Christmasaurus. But, first of all, can we talk about these elf names? You have, a, like, a main group of eight elves who help take care mm. of Christmasaurus. Their names. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I, I don't think, think so. you are. I'm nervous. Their names are Snozzled Trump. Speckle Hump, Sparklefoot, Sugar Snout, Star Lump, Spud Cheeks, Snow Crumb, and Sprout. Oh my goodness. And I've decided if we ever have a covert mission where you and I have to use code names. Yes. I call dibs on Spud Cheeks. Okay, let's see which one do I want. I want Sugar Snout. Sugar Snout. Okay. I want Sugar Snout. Oh my goodness, that is so cute. Ten four Sugar Snout. <laughs> And, like, I just need you, I need to read you, because I can't not talk about this book. It's too funny. And I'm not even done with it. That's how, like, good it is already. But it says, the elves, they talk in rhyme. And okay. anytime somebody doesn't talk in rhyme, there's, it's like nails on a chalkboard to them. <laughs> they, they get mad at Santa when he doesn't talk in rhyme. Oh, wow. They're like, ugh. Like, they stepped in a squishy thing or got, you know, the feeling when you have a wet sock. Yeah. You're like, ugh. Yeah. That's them. But only when they hear some, don't hear anything around. So they found the dinosaur egg. And they're like, well, somebody has to take care of it. And so they say, this egg needs warming under someone's bum. But an elf's backside is a tiny one. If every elf put its bottom on the egg, the egg would freeze their bums instead. So an elf can't do it. That's a silly idea. An elf can't do it. It would take a whole year. If an elf can't do it, there must be someone else. Someone much bigger than a North Pole elf. And they're all pointing to Santa. (laughs) And he said, I can't sit on that egg. It's almost Christmas time. And, you know, he hesitates and everything. And then he's like, okay, he knew, deep down, he knew what he needed to be done. He knew he was the only person to do it. His elves would take care of all the Christmas preparation. All he needed to do was to park his giant, jolly, warm bottom on the top of that frozen (laughs) egg. So that's exactly what he did. Go Santa. Take a one for the team. And look at the illustration of it. (laughs) That is so incredibly cute. He's sitting... Well, he's got his foot up on a stool, and the egg is pretty big. At first, I thought when you showed mm-hmm. it, when you were going to show it to me, that it was small. He's got a stand next to it with cookies in a bowl, and he's reading this book. And it's like he's just standing there, you know, hovering over this egg that's sitting on uh, top of a pillow. And he looks a little uncomfortable. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, my goodness, but I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Yeah. He looks so focused. He, I mean, he is, like, just chilling like a villain. Um, Buddy Santa, obviously. And then, oh my goodness, then it hatches. Oh my goodness. I want one. Right? The illustrations are just, like, 
so cute and then also they're kind of heartbreaking yeah. at one point uh christmas sore wants to know what it's like to find somebody who also knows how different he is from everybody else because he's the only dinosaur in the world yeah. so he's so lonely and looking up at the northern lights and he's like i wish i could find somebody who knows what it's like to be different and you know we've gone on this tangent of christmas source experience so right. you've left william behind a little bit right well you come back to william and three years have passed he's dealing with brenda Payne and oh. her army of pain oh, and gosh. brenda has turned all of william's friends against him because he accidentally ran over her foot in the cafeteria one day and caused all of her food to spill on top of her head and so she declared from that day on she was going to get revenge and be evil and she does that and it's really awful some of the things she says to him about Aww. his mom <gasps> yeah she she goes below the belt with a lot of stuff Aww. but there was one part i also wanted to read because amongst all this goofiness and mm. cuteness you have this really great scene between Mr. Trundle, mm -hmm. his dad, and William, which, side note, Mr. Trundle believes in Christmas all year round. He puts his Christmas tree up in July to the aggravation of their neighbors and wears <laughs> Christmas sweaters all year round. Like ah, He's Mr. Christmas. Yes. <laughs> so, they're talking. William's had a really hard day dealing mm -hmm. with Brenda Payne. Brenda Payne. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> And he's he's feeling really sad, and he just wants to go to bed, and, you know, he's just like, I don't even want to deal with anything anymore. And so, William's talking about, his dad has been telling him this story about how Santa reads the stories to the elf, or to the tree, and the mm -hmm. seeds sprout, the seeds. He's telling him that story over again, mm -hmm. and he's like, does this even, is this even true anymore? Like, he's at that point as a kid where he's just like, what do I... Is this even true? Right. Because there are kids at school who don't believe in Santa. Mm -hmm. So what should I believe? And his dad says, believing has to come first. People who don't believe in things will never see those things believing is seeing. And then he, his dad uses this analogy. He says, now look inside this mug and what do you see? And William says, well, you've drunk half of it. So it's half empty now because he's mad that his dad took it. <laughs> and his dad says, are you sure? Do you believe it's half empty? And he goes, yes, of course I believe it's half empty. I can see that it is. And his dad says, well, I don't believe that at all. I believe something completely different. I believe this mug of milk is not half empty. I believe it is half full. And then he looks at the mug of milk and he says to himself, even though he and his dad believed different things, they were both right. Mm -hmm. Because at one point he said, or he asks, uh, where is it? He asks something very profound. He says, what if I believe he, Santa's real and someone else doesn't? If we both believe different things, then we can't both be right, right? Mm. You have adults who struggle with that question today. Yeah, and sure. I thought that was, that was very profound to me that he asked that. And his dad said, well, we both believe completely opposite things, but it doesn't mean that either of us is wrong. Mm. This mug is both half empty and half full at the same time. People believe all sorts of wild, wacky, weird, and wonderful things, but it doesn't mean that anyone is wrong or that anyone is right. Mm. What is important isn't what is wrong, right, real, fake, true, or false. What matters is whatever you believe makes you a happier, better person. Love it. And then he says, you know, William says, what if I don't believe 
or what if I believe in something that doesn't really exist? Am I believing in nothing? His dad says, believing in nothing is better than not believing in anything at all. Mm. Belief, William, is what makes the impossible possible, the undoable doable. And whatever you believe in, you will most definitely find. Mm. And he says, I found, I believed in the milk and found it. You believed in the emptiness and found that in the mug. Neither of us was wrong, but one of us was happier. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, just that's all I got to say. Those are little gems that really can come across to kids when they read this, especially anyone who, you know, has trouble believing, having faith in people, humanity, any of that. I just feel like that that is so cute. And I I would love to know, I know we're not going to have another Christmas episode after this, but I would love to know the ending of how, you know, the Christmas source and William meet and what they learn from each other. I will update you. Yes, please do. I think I'm going to definitely be a fan of this author, though. Even his, so it again is, the Christmas Source by Tom Fletcher. The last thing I'll say is his little author bio on the back. Tom Fletcher hatched from an egg discovered in the snowy depths of the North Pole. After writing songs with his band McFly and even for One Direction for several years, Tom turned his hand to writing stories. Find him online at Tom Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Just straight to the point. Yeah. But he was hatched from an egg, so okay. Yeah. So, this could be a true story. What a quirky dude. <laughs> I like it. I love it. But anyways, I just have adult books after that. Do you want me to keep going or would you like to start yours or do you want me to just do all mine? Go ahead and do all yours. Okay. Mine's a little bit spicier. Oh, spicier. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have a two fiction recommendations and then a non-fiction recommendation. This one I literally read in one sitting. It's very, very short. It is... Karen Kingsbury, so it's hey, hey, hey. Christian fiction. I believe this one was published in 2012, so it's an older one. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it it's 232 pages, which sounds a lot, but the book is small. Yeah. So, like I said, you can read it in one sitting. But it piqued my interest because, one, I was looking for a Christmas read, and then it's about Molly and Ryan they actually went to Belmont in Nashville, Tennessee, which I, I am very familiar with that area that's, like, right in the backyard of my hometown. Mm-hmm. So I was interested by that and the fact that I could understand some of the places and the settings a little bit more. And it okay. felt like I was just reading a book about these people who I could have, like, driven to go see. Mm-hmm. And they actually met at a bookstore called oh. The Bridge which is the name of this book, The Bridge, by Karen Kingsbury. And the bookstore was run by this couple, Charlie and Donna, when they were college kids. Well, it actually coincides with the huge Nashville flooding that happened around, I want to say it was 2010. I don't quite remember the exact year, but that year Opryland was completely flooded out. I remember that. It was horrible. Um, My parents actually work in Nashville and they had some trouble navigating the traffic because they had to go back to work and it was it was pretty gnarly and a lot of damage was done so the bookstore was one of the places that was flooded and now the the bookstore is going up for sale and Molly Mm -hmm. and Ryan end up coming being reunited back at the bookstore and there's a lot of closure that hadn't happened between them Mm -hmm. because they were kind of romantically involved a little bit before and then you know they went their separate ways without much 
hey, this is why we let, like, just, I feel like Karen Kingsbury is good at very much the unspoken words that happen between couples. Like, mm -hmm. every book I read, I feel like each person is so in their head, mm -hmm. and they have such strong feelings, but they never voice them to that other person, and yeah. so... It takes, like, decades for these people to come. And I'm like, if y'all had just had a conversation, right. none of this. But then but we wouldn't have angst. a book. The and angst. It's the angst It's the me. angst for you. <laughs> Anyways, so it's a very good read, and okay. it's quick, and it has a happy ending. So oh, that cool. is The Bridge by Karen Kingsbury. And you know, I could not <laughs> let a recommendation go by without mentioning my girl, Janet Ivanovich. Hey, hey. So this is the Stephanie Plum Christmas novel. She okay. actually has a couple of different holiday novels in the Stephanie Plum series. There's Plum Lucky, which is the St. Patrick's Day one. She okay. has a Halloween one. Me. She has, uh, I don't know what other ones there are. I think that may be all of them, but Visions of Sugar Plums actually sparked a spinoff series in which it follows the, the character Diesel, who shows up in Visions of Sugar Plums by mm -hmm. Janet Ivanovich, the Christmas book. And so in this book i haven't read it in a really long time but i'm wholeheartedly standing behind this recommendation because <laughs> i love her so much and i did pull a, a little scene to quickly read for you just to give you an idea of the writing and okay. what happens but just assume shenanigans are afoot as usual as usual okay so stephanie plum she's four days out from christmas mm -hmm. she still doesn't have a christmas tree oh She's trying to navigate, like, the Christmas shopping experience. And this random guy pops in, and his name is Diesel. Mm -hmm. And he's not quite like the other characters that Stephanie Plum deals with. There's mm. something weird about him. Mm. And, like, he can disappear really quickly. Mm. Like, she's... And it's as close as maybe fantastical as Janet Ivanovich gets with her writing. She's mm -hmm. very realistic. Okay. But this guy... Stephanie Plum will be talking to him, and next she turns the corner, and he's left the room, and she never saw him leave. Mm. Or he says something really quick while they're on a, like, it's an action-packed scene, right. and he's, like, there, and the next thing you know, he's gone. And it's, mm. like, at first, I thought this dude was, like, an elf or something. I was, like, oh. Well, that that's was what, what I was thinking. I, it doesn't, you never get that answer, really. Oh. You don't get an answer. It's, it's left open for the okay. whole book. But, basically, there's... By shenanigans afoot, he eventually gets dragged into the plum Christmas, <laughs> and she's like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. I did want to read you a scene with Stephanie and Lula, and it's on chapter five, so it's towards the end of the book, because okay. it's a very short book. Like I said, all of these books are pretty short, because, I mean, Christmas, to me, I don't, I like a good Christmas read, but I mm -hmm. don't want to be in the Christmas read for all of December. I want right, to exactly. get my goods and go. Now and, that's, and that's a size book that I would definitely like read and devour. Yeah. And I think, I, you know what? Since you said you wanted to introduce me to Janet, I think that's the book to give to me. Because <gasps> I didn't I haven't picked any Christmas book to read for this year. So You just made my day. Okay. Like, do you want me to buy it for you or I can just check it out for you? You can just check it out for me. I'll buy it for you. Don't 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 play with my emotions, Nicole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, I'm gonna skip through some some of the parts of this scene because there is explicit uh, language. Okay. But it 
it just starts with, we barreled through the workroom door to the reception area, pushed through the front door, sprinted across the lot, and jumped into the car. Lula popped the doors locked, and the elves swarmed around us. <laughs> These aren't elves, Lula said. I know elves. Elves are cute. These are evil gremlins. Look at their pointy teeth. Look at their red glowing eyes. I don't know about gremlins, I said. I think the guy with the red eyes is just a little person with bad teeth and a hangover. <laughs> hey, what's that noise? Why are they, What are they doing to the back of my firebird? We turned and looked out the back window, and we were horrified to find that the elves had dragged the trees out of the trunk. <gasps> That's my Christmas tree! Lula yelled. Get away! Leave that tree alone! No one was listening to Lula. The elves were in a frenzy, tearing the trees limb from limb, jumping up and down on the branches. Suddenly, there was an elf on the hood. And then a second elf scrambled up after the first. Holy crap, Lula said. This here's a horror movie. <laughs> she shoved the key into the ignition, put her foot to the floor and rocketed across the lot. One elf flew off instantly. <laughs> the second elf had his hands wrapped around the windshield wipers, his snarling face pressed to the windshield. Lula made a fast right turn. One of the windshield wipers snapped and the elf sailed away like a frisbee. Windshield wipers still clutched in his little elf hand. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what? Uh-oh. Don't read no more. <laughs> You may buy that book okay. for me, but I want you to get it cheap. So okay. look I got for a thrift, thrift store. <laughs> thrift books, right? Go to thrift books. Oh, Omg, man. that's funny. I do want to finish it out. Okay, I'm not, I'm gonna skip down because she said one of the elves says something explicit, <laughs> and then she said we went a mile down Route One before either of us said a word. I don't know what those little things were, Lula finally said, <laughs> but they need to learn some people skills. <laughs> That was sort of embarrassing, I said. And I still didn't have a Christmas tree. <laughs> they, they messed the tree up. That does sound like a gremlin, though. I mean, gremlins, beyond, believe it or not, uh, is one of my favorite Christmas. Really? Like, non-Christmas Christmas, non -Christmas, Christmas movie. Yeah, I got you. Um, I, I kind of get really pulled in when the girl talks about her dad getting stuck in the fireplace. Kids, if you're listening, you know, this This is just, you know, <laughs> it's just a movie. It's nothing real. But I also do like when the gremlins are attacking different people and how funny they are with everything. Mm -hmm. So so that was really what came to mind was when he flew off. There's a scene in Gremlins where they're in the bar and one of the gremlins is watching one of the other gremlins on the ceiling fan. And, and the girl that's in the bar at the time turns the ceiling fan on high. Oh, and he starts, <laughs> he starts spinning real fast and all of a sudden he flies off. That's my favorite part, oh my, my literal favorite part. But, oh gosh, yes, you may purchase that for me. <laughs> Do not spend a lot of money. I but I want to read that. That sounds really good. See, now that's that's the kind of books that I like. I like books that really make me go, <gasps> and yes. then crack up laughing out loud. And I will tell you what, there, Janet Ivanovich, I have, like, I don't react to books a lot mm -hmm. out loud. Right. You know, it has to be something, like, I told you that horror book where right. I was in the living room with my husband and I was like, <gasps> Like right. it means, it means it's writing enough, right? A plot heavy enough, or something was enough right. to get me to emote out right. loud. Really, and Janet Ivanovich's books are the only books that I've ever laughed out loud at. Well, my eyes, you can see they're misty from laughing. That that brought tears. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. There's oh, also my a book. I'll have to get the title. When, I'll look up the title when you start talking about okay. your books. It's another book that she's written with another author. Oh, okay. And I have it on my bookshelf. I read it every year because I laugh out loud every time <laughs> I read it. And it's, you know, sometimes 
I'm used to the humor, so mm-hmm. I stop laughing out loud. This this particular title that I'm thinking of, every time, <laughs> every time, because it's it and it's I, it's just if you don't like slapstick comedy, you may not prefer it. But just getting the mental images of all of this stuff happening, happening at once, time. yeah, and like these two women barreling through a parking lot <laughs> with little people on their car, is just like. <laughs> what? what? Can you imagine right. me like right. a person in the parking lot just watching this happening? <laughs> oh, right. But anyways, oh, I did read this last year as okay. well. And I found it very, oh, it's just it's so cozy. So this is Dickens' Christmas, a Victorian celebration by Simon Callow. Um, and I checked it out because our adult librarian at the time had made a Christmas display. And this was one of them. And okay. I really thought the illustration it just gives me Dickens vibes, you know. It's okay. the line art in the illustration on the front of the book is very hatch marked, and um, there's a lot of lines through it. But it just felt, you know, everybody's got fat, rosy cheeks, yeah. and they're dancing and have a good time. There's a guy in the back playing the fiddle. Yeah, and this lady looks stunned at something. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> then this guy over here is holding up some um, mistletoe, mistletoe, and, kiss, and, and then. And- trying to kiss on this lady <laughs> and the little boy's just looking so disapproving of all of this <laughs> like the little children look so disappointed right in they do so like i was already drawn in because you know we don't judge books by the cover but we the don't. covers draw us in that's for sure. exactly right and so i was like okay let me see what this is about and it's actually a little bit about everything so okay. it talks about how Charles Dickens came to be and what his background was and how he was in poverty and he Mm. wrote about that because um, that's what he knew he was struggling and it also talks about how Christmas began and how Mm. it started from the winter solstice so you Mm. have a chapter about well first you have the introduction you have a chapter about Charles Dickens and Mm. where he was and how he came to the point of writing a Christmas carol okay and then you have Okay, well, let's go back. This is how Christmas started in the Victorian era of England. Okay. Um, Because you've got Queen Victoria and Prince Alfred. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've seen Victoria with Emily Blunt, that movie. Woo! Oh, so good. And the power moves. Every time somebody says Queen Victoria now, I think of Emily Blunt in that movie. And don't get me wrong, she has horrendous hair. But, like, (laughs) the movie is just such a solid non-book okay. recommendation okay anyways that's not the point so and then you've got dickens you've got that chapter on mm-hmm. christmas past and then it combines the two in the next chapter and it talks about how dickens really changed christmas for england mm. by that writing a christmas carol like okay. it wasn't as big of a celebration as it is now because mm-hmm. people were in poverty and those who did celebrate were rich and if they did celebrate at all it was not what we imagine Mm -hmm. it to be today and then it you know it talks about how he started writing the christmas carol so you're Mm -hmm. closing in scopes a little bit more you're going from dickens christmas dickens and christmas and then dickens and a christmas carol and then it actually includes the entire story of the christmas carol it talks about the food that's being held at christmas because you have Mm -hmm. that scene at the very end where they're all eating around the table Mm -hmm. scrooge is there well Is he there? I think it's just Tiny Tim and his family at the table. Oh, and they've had that big turkey because Scrooge gave right. him the the promotion. And I think mm. Scrooge is just walking down the street at the very end. But oh, okay. it pulls the Christmas feast out and it looks at it and it talks about, like, what was normally cooked at Christmas feasts. Mm-hmm. And then it goes in a new chapter. It talks about 
some of the older traditions and what was brought in new as A Christmas Carol gained its popularity. Okay. So, and then it talks about the legacy that A Christmas Carol has left behind. So yeah. it's talking about this writer, this man who impacted the entire, I want to say, Western world. Mm-hmm. Just with a story. Yeah. And how it changed how we celebrate things today. Yeah. Even down to, like, I think December should be a time when you're nicer to people. Yeah. Because, you know, right. I'm not going to lie. There are months out of the year where I'm right with Scrooge and I'm empathizing with him. I'm like, just right. bah humbug. I don't care. <laughs> but you know, to me, like, it's so, such an iconic story. And it you is. know all about it because you just did your Christmas tree. Right? I did oh my good i will admit this and my our listeners are going to gasp in horror i have not read a christmas carol since i probably was in ninth grade it's been obviously a long time and i'm obviously much older now but i do need to reacquaint myself and I, well actually i did have to reacquaint myself to create my little tree and there were so many gems i was looking for quotes so that i could find different words to mm-hmm. actually put on the tree to really show what uh the idea of a christmas carol was supposed to be like words like humanity charity good humor i i chose those words just from different quotes from out of the story so when I will definitely soon go ahead. In fact, that might just be my next read is A Christmas Carol. And then I'll read this book as well just to get an idea of or just putting the two together. So I'm excited for that. And yes, I have so much fun making the tree. It was my display for the month, so to speak. And so I kind of went all out and I usually have these huge grandiose ideas of what to do for either a display or for in this case the christmas tree yeah so i never know how it's going to come together but i love the tree i love it so much i'm I, like i'm weirdly extremely proud of it um well you, know, you agonized over how to do it i like, did you were like i don't know how i'm gonna pull this off right but i had so much fun creating it with my assistant Catherine. She actually pulled the top hat together. In fact, I went to Walmart this morning looking for something else and came across the top hat that was $10. And y'all made one for free. We made one for free. Using that public funding to the best of your ability. Exactly, exactly. Not wasting it on Not something you it. can make it for exactly. free. Exactly. So I've got I've got to pick up on, on a Christmas Carol again. And definitely, because I was in, when I say ninth grade, because I was in honors English from ninth grade on. And we did have to read it then. But I hadn't picked it up since. So I definitely need to pick it back up. I haven't. So I don't read it every year. I feel like it's something that like my brain says you should do this every year. Mm -hmm. But I read it enough to like refresh the story itself. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to say one more thing about this book. And then we can go to yours. But I thought it was really interesting in the book. Well, I guess it's two things. It has some old traditional advertisements and illustrations in it that corresponds with what's happening and what's being talked about. So it has paintings and engravings that are illustrating what they're talking about. So this is in the Christmas feast chapter. And it's this gorgeous painting. It is beautiful. Of this woman preparing some dinner in the kitchen. And back in the day, the whole fireplace was where they actually cooked in the kitchen so the fireplace Mm -hmm. takes up the whole wall there's a man actually sitting under the eave of the fireplace closer to the fire itself so he can warm himself and get some 
light for his pipe. There's a little girl off to the side looking out the window oh, with her mistletoe. Yeah. And then there's an older man coming in with some more. Looks like he has a stick with a bag tied to it. Maybe some more food in there. But I thought it was interesting that it talks about the history of Wassel. Oh, cool. And I know that Columbus, Those, downtown Columbus does the Wassel Fest. Right. And I've never had Wassel, so slap on my hand. I haven't either. Oh, okay. I, like, not Wassel itself. I didn't even know what it was until somebody told me what about it. What is it? Because I don't know. Um, so, from what I've been told, it's just like apple cider. Oh, Okay. But it's but they have so many right. Everybody's got their own recipe and that kind of thing. Please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but it talked about how wassail was actually what they so it was what they called people who were caroling at the time. They're like outside wassailing. Oh, okay. So it actually originated with what we consider now to be caroling. People okay. would go out and wassail like it would be a verb that they did. Like, I'm going to go wassail down the street. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they're singing at the doors. And somehow that translated into the drinks because they would give the singers drinks. Like, whoever's house they went to, the person would come out and, like, do you need a cup of tea or something to yeah. keep warm? Okay. So it talks a little bit about that, and I thought it was very interesting. And it's something that kind of died out. Mm. And Dickens kind of helped to revive it. And it says here, wassailing for both Dickens and his contemporaries was something worth reviving because it created a continuity with a past which seemed rapidly to be disappearing and because it was a symbol of inclusiveness. Mm. Profound. And Love that. So it just talks about how, you know, even that little scene of the carolers and yeah. Scrooge is like, get away from me, you know? Yeah. Dickens intentionally incorporated that for a reason and it talks a lot about his intentions with a christmas carol so that was dickens christmas a victorian celebration by simon callow this is in our nonfiction upstairs in the 394.2 section well before we end that on a christmas carol this was what i one of the quotes that i came across that really just stuck in my heart when i was looking again for quotes for the christmas carol tree and this reminded me of me. And it says, in short, I should have liked to have had the lightest license of a child and yet be man enough to know its value. And Aww. that really stuck with me. And so that was one of the quotes that I was like, okay, I need to reread this, obviously, since from ninth grade. But, you know, I mean, just you have to see life in the eyes of a child and be willing to to embrace it the way children do you know they see the good in people they are mm -hmm. super super trusting mm -hmm. you know and we as adults tend to not always do that and that's what makes sometimes us scrooge yes. through the year but then we all seem to put that away for december and remember that hence I think the Christmas Carol reminds us to do that. I think it'd be interesting to learn what everybody's Chris favorite Christmas story is. Like, mine yeah. is not a Christmas Carol, even though I love it. Mm -hmm. Mine is actually the gift of the Magi. <gasps> mine too! Um, where she buys the barrette. She cuts off her... No. Yeah, she, she cuts off her hair she cuts off to, her buy, hair his, him a to watch. buy him a watch. And he buys her the barrette for her gorgeous right. hair. And he sold his watch. Oh, Love it, love it. The angst. Oh, it's I, kind of angsty because like they both were right. doing the thing and then they come back and mm -hmm. they both can't give each other what 
my little I had so much fun teaching that when I was teaching it back in the day that was always a fun story to teach I was given a very large like you know those large storybooks that children give we have a lot of them in our section Mm -hmm. whether it's like bedtime stories I was given a Christmas treasury and I still have it and it has the gift of the magi in it and the illustrations I go that is one story I do read every year because okay. it's so like they're so selfless with each other and yeah. I just want to cry they're so, they're so nice to Yay. each other <laughs> the love is real speaking oh. of love I would love for you to talk about what you picked out Nicole well I will say that I had to dig deep in the crates <laughs> to look, find a Christmas book <laughs> I mean it just it, the time gets away from you and then you're, right. you look up and Christmas books just never and it never really hits me hard to read a Christmas book during Christmas season. I feel like I'm always just trying to either finish, try to make my Goodreads challenge, or I'm just trying to read stuff that I was like, okay, I know I wanted to read this. And Christmas books never crossed my mind. So I think this year will be different. The first book that I have is by one of my favorite authors. It's called A Very Merry Romance. This is a part of her Madeira, Madeiras, sorry, saga number 21. And I read this in 2018. Okay. Okay, so the synopsis says that there's a school principal, Jonathan Madaris, sorry, um, who falls in love with the new teacher, Marilyn Bannister. As soon as she walks in the office, Ooh. the sparks are just shooting. <laughs> and But he can't really hook up with her because of the fact that uh, there's a non-fraternization policy. Yeah, you can't but, be doing that in the school. Right, but now. he knows something is super special. All right, and then Marilyn is definitely attracted to Jonathan, but she knows of the no fraternization policy as well. So she's just like, you know, this is not going to happen. The angst. The angst. And so all of a sudden she's been transferred to another school and she's furious with Jonathan. Well, you know why Jonathan did it. Oh, yeah. He said, I got to get her out of here so I can actually get her in my house so I can see her. Exactly. Jonathan's my man's making moves. (laughs) So, I love this last little part of the synopsis. It says, it's clear that Jonathan needs to be taught a lesson about playing with people's lives, and Marilyn is just the teacher to do it. Will it take a Christmas miracle to save the day? Spicy. (laughs) Spicy. Spicy. Here was my review that I wrote. I had been wanting to read this story, uh, this storyline for especially a long time because Jonathan and Marilyn have been mentioned in other Madeiras novels. The Madeiras novels tend to uh, are mostly about the uh, sons, nephews, grandchildren, that kind of thing. So when Jonathan and Mar- Marilyn's story came about, I was like, "Ooh, I want to read this." Mm-hmm. Also, too, the it was set back in the seventies, so there's a lot of reference to afros, and Jonathan is reminiscent of an old James Bond. Sean Connery dapper kind of guy Mm -hmm. so it was like that kind of is there an appearance of bell bottoms is that that is my question I can't remember like I said I read this back in 2018 but I wouldn't doubt it if it's down back in the 70s I'm sure it's not the 70s to me without some bell bottoms (laughs) I know right but either way um I loved this um particular story anything by Brenda Jackson is just always good and I was glad to read that one so Mm -hmm. That was my first one. My second one is by another of my most favorite author, Eric Jerome Dickey's Naughtier Than Nice. This is the second book to the to the first one, which was Naughty or Nice. Oh. 
So what was the title? Naughtier than nice. Naughtier than spicier. Spicy. Great. Going up the spicy scale. Yeah, we are. In this particular sequel, we are reintroduced to the McBroom sisters. You got Frankie, Tommy, and Olivia, which they call Livy. And Frankie's got a pair of stalkers. Oh. Tommy has dreamed of having a relationship with a guy named Blue. And Olivia, despite her effort has not been able to get over the psychological barrier caused by her husband's affair. Oh, no. So they are really trying to work their lives out during this Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, And my review of this was pretty short because... I'm I'm pretty much gonna buy anything that Eric Jerome Dickey makes. That is my <laughs> author. That's that's my that's my that's person. Your that is. Um, so what I wrote in my review for this one, I needed that I needed to read this to remind myself of why I like reading about other people's drama and not my own. <laughs> it's the angst. <laughs> it is, and it was good. I said it actually made me talk out loud at some of the more thrilling, suspenseful parts. This is my very favorite author, so I really didn't expect it to be anything less than marvelous. And Eric Jerome Dickey never disappoints. Disappoints. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was my. I'm gonna have to read some Mr. Dickey over here because he's recommending him, and he, and he sprinkles previous characters from previous storylines into the book, so it's always nice to see who he's gonna mention next. See, that's just good marketing. Yeah, like you're like, who sure. is this character that right. keeps popping up? Now I gotta exactly. read this book, and then he then he eventually gives you you know his own storyline for that one, and then my last one, which I probably should have spoke of first because it's not spicy. This was a a book that I wanted to read because it was actually made into a Netflix movie. It's called Let It Snow. Excuse me. And it was written by John Green, Maureen Johnson, and Lauren Miracle. Like, John Green, John Green? John Green, John Green. Like, Abundance of Catherine, John mm-hmm. Green? Yes. Like, oh, what's that one book that everybody freaked out about? Oh, come on. You know. Looking for Alaska? No. Oh. The other one. With the the girl and the guy, Paper Towns. No, oh. <laughs> what? Oh. You're killing me here. You're it's the me one here. where they're both sick, and um, she's like she has cancer. Or something. Oh, um, what is that book? Falls in our stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kept seeing the memes for years on that one. Yeah, it's just like there's still good it, memes out for that. Let one. it go. Let it go. <laughs> Sorry, right. but um, this one was a good one. So my the synopsis on this is that there's a Christmas Eve snowstorm that transforms this small town, and it's cold, it's wet, and people are having to hike from places here and there because the train is stranded. Uh, one young, one teen, rather. This is a teen book, by the way. Okay. One teen happens to come across a nice little a guy in a waffle house. And one guy, one young person happens to fall in love with the guy who works at Starbucks. And then you've got just all these other little teen, sweet, innocent romances that occur because of this storm. So they... they even though they're written 
the stories are written by three different authors, mm-hmm. they all intertwine okay. the characters. And so you'll see the character in John Green's part of the storyline show up in Maureen Johnson's part of the story to kind of keep along with so you'll know what happened. I like it when that yeah. happens in short story collections. Right, exactly. And so my review for this was I picked this book up from Wally World to tag along with me for the Thanksgiving holiday. I didn't get get to read it until after Thanksgiving, but nonetheless, I was intrigued because it said on the front that it was also a Netflix film. As I began to read it, I thought at first that I wasn't going to be too thrilled with three different authors writing along the same storyline in one book, but it was a very pleasant surprise that I'm glad I experienced. It was a cute, light YA read that was truly good from beginning to end, and it was. But those were my three, and I was glad that I was able to find them. And I learned that I probably do need to maybe get back into reading a little bit more Christmas because I love the season so much. And, you know, light reads like that. Or I am really anxious to read the Janet Ivanovich one. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see how fun that's going to be. But um, that's what I had. Okay. What is your non-book recommendation? My non-book recommendation is Hobby Lobby. What? Because... Everything there for Christmas is so beautiful and so different. And um, I ended up having to go there quite a bit because my daughter wanted white ornaments for our Christmas tree this year. And I didn't have any. I have red. I have blue. I have I got so uh, many silver. red ornaments. I've, yeah. I never, I have not bought, like I have not purchased a set of ornaments for my tree because I went to my Nana's house and I said, Nana, give me everything that's broken, messed up, or like <laughs> rubbed off. Or So I've got like this hodgepodge of like ornaments that look like something. Right. It's, it's lived its life, you know? <laughs> but Well loved. Yeah, but it's like all of my Nana's old. Um, oh, it's, but it's so cute to have them on my tree. Right. But so. it will remind you of her, so. Yeah. Well, then, anyway, yeah. And so I went to Hobby Lobby looking for some ornaments and found some of the cutest things to make, you know, and I thought it was going to be even harder to find because, you know, I always tend to get stuff that's off season and white just isn't the color this year. It isn't. No, it no, isn't. You don't get stuff that's off season. You set the new trend. Well. Pivot that and you set that trend, girl. <laughs> set it. Well, I was able to find some good stuff. And then I happened to slide in a couple of days ago. And they had even more cuter white stuff out. See? So, yeah. My non-book recommendation is definitely Hobby Lobby. Because uh, Christmas, they start putting it out at Thanksgiving. And it is... The stuff they have is just gorgeous. I wish I could almost buy everything and just really fill up my house and decorate with a good amount of stuff that's in there. And not just that, but a lot of their stuff sometimes is 50% off. So They always have that 40% off coupon, too. Yeah, so Um, Hobby Lobby. Yes. Christmas. Love me some Hobby Lobby. For sure. Um, My non-book recommendation is going to be the I Am app for mobile phones. It is an affirmations app. So, it actually gives you a notification. I honestly downloaded it and just left it alone. So, I can't speak too much about the Mm -hmm. features of it because I didn't, I kind of downloaded it as like a, I know I need this, but I don't really want it kind of thing. Like, I know, because I'm not, to get on a personal level, like my inner voice is not very nice to myself sometimes. (laughs) Don't want to go too deep with it, but I knew I needed something to remind myself to be kinder to myself. Mm -hmm. So I downloaded it 
And I didn't go any further than that. You can actually, I can tell you, you can like certain affirmations that it sends you because it notifies you multiple times a day. I don't, the reason why I'm saying I'm not familiar with all the features is because I don't know if you can set how many affirmations you want an hour or something like that. Oh, okay. I think I get maybe six to eight a day Mm -hmm. um, throughout the day. So my last one was two hours ago and let's see what it says. It says, I replace negative thoughts with positive ones. Mm. It's all it does. It just, your phone beeps and it gives you an affirmation and you read it. That's the extent of it that I have on my phone. It could go deeper. I don't know. But I did see where you can like the ones to give you similar ones like it. Um, And it's just, I think we all, as much as we need to be kind to other people, you can't do that until you're kinder to yourself. I agree. You can't give other people grace until you've given yourself grace the grace you need to get through the day so it's I think it's one I'm definitely gonna download it's definitely interesting especially just come out of the blue because when somebody's nice to me or compliments me I feel so awkward I don't even like I I know I know I like in it's like that I feel like Jim in the office and I'm looking at the camera you know (laughs) when somebody compliments me I'm like (laughs) because I don't know what to say and I know how awkward it is to not say anything Mm -hmm. so I'm in this social situation that I'm super because they're like oh you're so great and I'm just looking at the camera like what do I say what do I say what do I say say?" I'm just gymming it over here I'm like (laughs) so uh it's just to have that continually pop up on my phone I'm still like I'm kind of like looking at my phone then looking up at the camera (laughs) but now it's 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 just that extra little voice that Mm -hmm. says you're kind of worth it or you're worthy of being told these things exactly i love that i'm definitely gonna download that i need you know just those good reminders because sometimes i put way too much pressure on myself and if it doesn't turn out like i did i put a lot of pressure on myself with that tree i know you did um so and it looks great (laughs) thank you and i i think all of us are kind of that way in one shape way or form of another and we have high standards for ourselves and so when you're working and you have a bad day because of whatever reason, mm. to have that buzz on your phone, you can look yeah. down. And even if it, because I'm not the kind of person where I'm like, that is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And it completely turns my day around. But right. it's still like, okay, yeah. A nice I need, gentle reminder. Yes. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not a fluffy person when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm like, ooh, this is so <laughs> weird. <laughs> but it still pops up. Yeah. I still read it. And I still try to process it into my thoughts for the day okay the i am app i am it okay. is green and it says i am on okay it. cool. it's like a light seafoam green kind of looking thing okay so. all right then well you know i am excited for christmas this year 2020 sucked <laughs> And so I am looking for <laughs> like a just, black hole. It was. I mean, like seriously. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this world is going to shape up health-wise in the new year. That I hope people will, you know, continue to take care of themselves during this pandemic and take care of each other. Yeah. And and be reminded of how, you know, we're all in this together. And so that Christmas spirit will really shine down on everybody. So Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. And we hope you have a wonderful holiday, whether it's spent with family or friends. Yes. We will be closed for the Christmas holiday. Yes, we will. I believe we reopen on the 28th at 9 a.m. And Mm -hmm. then we close again on the 30th? 
Yes. At 5 p.m. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So we will be around, and we're always happy to help you with your Christmas reading recommendations. If you come in on December 23rd, and you're like, I need a recommendation now! Right. We got you. Right, for sure. But yeah, I hope you have a good Christmas, Nicole. I hope you do, too. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like it's most needed this it, year for yes, sure. Yes, for sure. It's as, it, as bitter as this year was, this is even a sweeter Christmas. For sure. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. See y'all.